0: Hey everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders.
1: Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased you're with us for this exceptional interview with science fiction and fantasy author, Merle Lafferty. How does a successful author use a time safe for writing? Where can you listen to science fiction and fantasy original works for free? And where can you submit short stories to a magazine for a paycheck? From fanfic to novelizations, Twitch to Twitter, and more Star Wars discoveries than you thought possible in 35 minutes. This promises to be a super galactic episode. I'm Dr. Kathy King, and I'm so pleased to
0: introduce you to our fabulous co-host, Cheryl McNeil-Fisher. Ta-da! Don't you love it when she says fabulous? Takes one to know one, because I have a fabulous co-host too, and we have a fabulous audience. Thanks, Kathy. I'm so pleased
1: to introduce today to all of you our guest author and editor, Mer Lafferty. Mer is an accomplished author, editor, and podcaster. She earned a degree in English from University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and her MFA from the University of Maine Stone Coast Popular Fiction Program. She currently lives in Durham, North Carolina. I know of Murr from my early days in podcasting circa 2004 through Escape Pod. She is an innovator and dynamic, creative, energy, and science fiction, fantasy, nonfiction, and encouraging geeks and writers alike to embrace their identities and potential. Her published works and awards are numerous. Here is a very brief summary of her works. Seven novels, six novellas, two anthologies, several short fiction works, serial works, and co-editor of the science fiction magazine Escape Pod. She has even leveraged her passion for science fiction and writing skilled, into making a RPG, a role-playing game. In addition, I can't begin to sort out how many awards she has won and how many podcasts she has contributed to over the years. She has been hosting I Should Be Writing for many, many years. In 2015, Mer Lafferty was inducted into the Podcast Academy Hall of Fame. She has been awarded the Astounding Award for Best New Writer, previously known as the John W. Campbell Award, and very notably, her novel Six Wakes was nominated for the Hugo, the Nebula, and the Philip K. Dick Awards. I know this will be an exciting and inspiring show today, so
0: put on your magical glasses. It's interview time. Thanks, Kathy. Hello, Malcolm. We are so glad that you accepted our invitation. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. You made me sound really good. Yeah, (laughs) that's what we do here. That's our purpose. We are great cheerleaders and it's well-deserving. Kathy and I have been reading your books. Kathy, of course, for many, many years. She's been a big fan of yours and she's given me the honor to ask you a few questions first. We know that you're the co-host of The Escape Pod What makes Escape Pod great for listeners and writers? Well, Escape Pod is part of Escape
2: Artists Incorporated, which has a number of podcast magazines. We record the audio for the stories and then we release it for free, but we pay everybody involved. So the editors and the narrators and the authors, they all get paid. So we are driven by Patreon and PayPal donations And we've been able to run these free fiction podcasts for 17 years now. Escape Pod's main focus is to have stories that are fun, but not necessarily funny or comedic, but something that leaves the reader with satisfaction. Um, There's a lot of grim sci-fi out there, and it definitely has its place, but we look for something more escapist.
0: What other podcast magazines does
2: Escape Hardest publish? There's PodCastle, which focuses solely on fantasy. There's Pseudopod, which focuses solely on horror. And there's Cast of Wonders, which is a YA-focused podcast.
0: What's involved in the submission process for the writers?
2: We ask authors to submit anonymously so that the slush readers don't know who they are and can read the story without any biases or even hidden biases that they might have or might not have. We're looking for short stories that are 2,000 to 6,000 words if it's original, and we will take up to 7,500 words if it's a reprint. Like I said, we don't know who's submitting these, so brand new author has the same chance as a famous person who just won an award. Uh, We pay eight cents a word for originals and $100
0: for reprints. That's exciting for new writers, that they have just as much of a chance as others. So thank you. Kathy?
1: So one of the things that we've heard from a colleague of ours that we interviewed a few episodes ago was that Escape Artists is one of the few magazines out there that uses a template is fully accessible for those of us who are visually impaired. That means that our screen readers are compatible with it. So I want our audience and our listeners to know that. This organization has recognized the needs over the years, and those of us that have visual impairment and use screen readers, the template they provide will work in our systems.
2: I remember when we were talking about that, and we felt very strongly to be accessible to everybody we can be. And I'm very proud with the steps we've taken to your community and a couple of other steps we've taken to make Escape Pod more accessible to everybody, both publishing, and as readers. Absolutely.
1: And I have to say that I've been listening to Escape Pod for probably those 15 of those 17 years Wow. on and off. I've just loved it the whole time. For those that don't know, my little bit there about put on your magical glasses, it's interview time, is a spinoff from the Escape Pod shtick. They do that with each show. And I think many of the listeners wait to hear what they're going to say each episode it's just a fun little twist but to know that you're listening to original authors indie authors people who are starting up many times and that escape artist is supporting those writers as they're launching maybe as they're finding their place in the literature is just phenomenal and providing space for their work to get distributed
0: worldwide Can you tell us a little bit about the fantasy series that you have takes place in New York City and New Orleans? We'd love for you to share with our listeners about your main character and how the characters have developed through the series. The Shambling Guide to New York City and Ghost Strange in New
2: Orleans were my first two books. It's a story about a young woman who is looking for a job and has considerable experience in the travel guide publishing market and she discovers that a monsters are real and b they travel so there needs to be travel books for monsters so they can know what to expect in new york city and the story is pretty much about her researching the book and trying to figure out how to work with monsters that would maybe be interested in eating her maybe not but It's a silly thing that was heavily inspired by Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. In general, I will sometimes take a personality of somebody that I know, either fiction or real life, and start with that and then tweak it. So it's not necessarily my Aunt Rhoda, but there are aspects of that family dynamic that I'll use for a story. I've borrowed personalities from video games and change them to fit what I needed. So I'm just looking for inspiration all around. So how did you become interested in writing Star Wars? I've been interested in Star Wars since it came out. So big Star Wars fan. Pretty much everybody wants to write a Star Wars novel. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's not a Star Wars fan who's raising their hand, but A lot of people I know would want to write a Star Wars novel. It it all has to do with the agent side. My agent was having lunch with the editor of Star Wars, among many other uh, intellectual properties. And she put me forward as somebody who was really into Star Wars and would really like to work with her. So I was given a short story to come out alongside the film Rogue One when it came out several years ago. And... I did another story for the very first, from a certain point of view, which was the retelling of Star Wars, and everybody took a different point of view from the main characters. My story was Greedo's murder, but from the point of view of the band who was playing in the cantina. Then I found out that, that they wanted me to write the solo novelization. And so that was something I wanted to drop everything and definitely do. It was an awesome experience. And the the feeling that you contribute to the canon for one of your favorite intellectual properties Mm -hmm. is the the best feeling.
1: I can't imagine. That's amazing. I really enjoyed that whole set of short stories uh, about the alternate point of view. Yes. It was so interesting. I highly recommend it. It is available on BARD for folks that are interested Could you explain, because this was a new term for me, you and I discussed it before the show a week or so ago, novelization versus
2: fan fiction? Sure. Novelization is taking the story of the film and writing it as a novel, which sounds like beat by beat, it's pretty much the same thing, but it's not because you can feature so much more description, you can feature different points of view again. Everybody knows there's this scene, this important scene, but I'm going to tell it from somebody who has a different opinion of of what's going on and possibly, you know, doesn't know people or maybe does know people or I played around with Point of View a lot. That was a lot of fun. But back to the real question, novelizations also require you to add more to the story which is the playground that I never imagined I would be able to play in. So I can do scenes before the opening scene. I can do like a scene saying how we got to here, which considering that uh, Solo starts with Han Solo running away, I was able to write the scene of what he was running away from. I added scenes to the Millennium Falcon. I added scenes to L3. People don't like the fate of L3, the droid that gets uploaded into the Millennium Falcon. But I was able to tell the scene where she's uploaded, from her point of view, let that sit with people who read that novelization. Fan fiction is when fans write in the world of an IP, intellectual property, that's not their own. Well, to go back to Solo, his childhood friend, the woman he loved, flies away in her ship and we don't know what happens to her. But if somebody's really into it, they can say, okay, now here's what happens to her. And they can write the story. And there are places online where you can upload it. It's a tricky issue because you definitely should not ever try to sell it. And you should definitely not try to send it to the people who own the IP. There have been people writing thousands and thousands and thousands of words for Harry Potter or Star Wars or old sitcoms. Fanfiction is not supported by the IP holder. It's not, definitely not considered canon because you pretty much write what you want. If you're mad about two people who got together or didn't get together in a movie or book, then you can write fanfic and have them get together with the person you want them to. If you want to read fanfic, the biggest site is called An Archive of Our Own. I'm not sure exactly what the URL is. Just search for An Archive of Our Own and you can find fan fiction everywhere. I think fan fiction's great for writers because if you have a weakness that you know about, like if you don't really feel comfortable making new characters, well, you can take your favorite book and let's take those characters already made and write an adventure with them or write a story. And you don't have to worry about the characterization. You can work work on the other stuff. Alternatively, if you want to work on your characterization, Solely you could do, let's do a story in Hogwarts, but all the characters are new. And I think it's a really good way for writers to stretch their wings, try something out. And I know a lot of people, a lot of professional writers who still write fanfic, I think they're always under a pseudonym, but they're still in it because it's fun.
1: Thank you. I think that's gonna be a new concept for folks. I just ran across fan fiction this past year. I was not familiar with it, nor the benefits you just pointed out. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a great topic to introduce to our writers that are listening and on the call. So thank you for sharing that. You did that quite eloquently. Again, that site is an archive of our own, and you need to look for the URL. This fan fiction is something that stays within that site because Murr is saying IP, and she doesn't mean IP like on the web. She means intellectual property. And so it's not your own intellectual property. So you can't publish it and distribute it. But within this safe, closed community, people are sharing it to enjoy it. And it's a great way to to build your writing skills. So I had another question for you, Murr. And this is, I have to say, this is so bizarre. Talking back to the voice I've listened to so long on the podcast. (laughs) It's a little disorienting. So my question is this. You've been using another innovative platform that I want you to share with our listeners. And it was originally called Podio Books. And now I know it's merged with, I think it's Scribble.com. And you published your stories, Heaven, on there, a series. What do you see for both readers and authors as to how this system fits in with the world of audiobooks?
2: I'm not exactly sure. I was serializing my stories and the guys who started patio books were friends of mine. And so I I started using their service. This is like back in 2006. This was before I published anything. And I thought, well, it might be fun to serialize some fiction like Charles Dickens did. And I think those, uh, I haven't actually done a lot of patio fiction since I started getting published traditionally. I mean, part of it is Well, can I sell this? You know, I'm trying to be a working writer here and make money. I wonder if I can sell it. I don't write a whole lot of serialized stuff anymore. It's a strange thing because I got started so early that the way I achieved the audience I have today is different than how people do it today. If they started their podcast tomorrow. I have no advice on how to do that because I know how, you know, my advice is get in a time machine and go back to 2005 and start your podcast with me. (laughs) But I think audiobooks and podcasts, specifically podcast fiction, kind of got popular around the same time, along with eBooks. So once we had devices we could carry around in our pocket and carry a whole bunch of books with it, either audio or eBook reader was a game changer for a lot of people. Where I see it going, I don't know. I I get bitter every time a major newspaper or site finds out that a big author is serializing their book via podcast. And I'm like, we've been doing it since 2005. <laughs> this person is not a groundbreaker. They're only groundbreaker because you've heard of them. It's a little bitter for me there. I mean, even Apple says podcasting started in 2005 and it started in 2004. Exactly. So, but 2005 yeah. was when Apple picked up on it and mm-hmm. started allowing podcasts in their software. It, the, mm-hmm. it wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. I'm feeling like I'm shaking my cane at the clouds and going on about the glory days, <laughs> but it has been interesting to see where it's gone and the work people put into their podcast these days with audio dramas and true crime stuff it's really impressive and it's exciting to see where the medium has gone
1: thank you yes i I have the same uh experience mer because i started back in 2004 as well before apple had it in itunes and we were using all sorts of platforms and including podcast pickle podcast uh,
0: pickle yes (laughs) thank you very much cheryl I'd just like to ask you one more question. Do you have any kind of insight for our listeners? And then we'll go to questions.
2: I've been diagnosed ADHD as an adult, which kind of opens my eyes to a lot of my my habits. And I used to dread that question you just asked because mm-hmm. I it's been hard for me to find a schedule to stick to. And I work from home. There's nothing pressing on my time, especially since my daughter went to college. It's like, I don't have to get up and take her to school, I don't have to pick her up. I've got all this time and I'll a lot of times people will fill that time with anything but writing. <laughs> and it's just the way our brains go. I actually wrote this down earlier. I didn't come up with the, the quote. I can't remember where I heard it, but if you want something done, ask the person who has 99 things to do, not the person who has nothing to do, because the person who has nothing to do won't even know where to fit it in their day. But the person who has got 99 things, it's like they know how to do A, B, C, D, and E, and throw F at the end and they'll get to it. <laughs> and I know people have said, I wish I could take a sabbatical from work and then work on my novel. And I'm just shaking my head because Mm -hmm. if you can't write when you have 30 minutes, you will not write when you have eight hours. That's almost a guarantee. You find the time in your day that where you're willing to sacrifice something. And it's usually something fun. I I actually bought a safe to put my Nintendo switch in. It's a time safe. And (laughs) because I was like, I would, kiss my husband goodbye. And then I would sit down just to check something on a game and then hours would pass. And I finally realized I needed to lock this thing away from me. So at night I would play with it and then I would lock it away for like 16 hours. So I wouldn't be able to get to it until the next afternoon. That actually helped. I'm discovering Mm. if I find a life (laughs) hack that just sounds like I'm treating myself like a six-year-old, I'm still not ashamed of it if it works. I find that the best time for me to write is first thing in the morning. So Mm -hmm. generally I try to keep that. You need to find where you can grab some time to write. You also need to figure out when your best time is to write. I know people who, you know, when it hits 11 PM, that's when their creative mind gets into gear. I'd get tired just saying that out loud. So it's definitely not me. A lot of times we can't just say, I'm going to add this thing that I've always wanted to do to my life because your life is already full of things you do. So you need to figure out what you can push aside or what you can limit or what you can quit. I mean, I'm a gamer. I could stand to game less. I admit it. So pushing aside gaming time to write is, was a big game changer for me when it came to writing regularly. Speaking of writing regularly, a lot of advice for beginners includes write every day. And then people think people come up and say, I can't do that because of my schedule, or I can't do that because I deal with chronic pain or fatigue syndrome, and I don't have energy every single day to write. And so that's what I worry when people hear write every day as a good practice. The thing is writing every day is like putting training wheels on your bike. It will help you develop the... Skill to write, maybe when you're not in the mood to write. Who cares? It's time to sit down and write. But you don't actually need them. If you're happy binging 10,000 words on a weekend and then not writing for the next two weeks, that's fine too. So when it comes to advice, even mine, take it with a grain of salt. And if it doesn't work for you, move on. It's okay. Find the time, make the time. Writing every day is a good practice. But if it doesn't work for you, that's okay.
0: Thank you. Thanks. Chanel, do we have any questions? Yes. The first up we have Anne Chapetta. Hi. Heimer. Thank Hi, you Hi, so Anne. Much. How are you?
3: Good. Thank you so much for joining us. First thing I want to say is I love the Solo novelization.
2: Oh, thank you uh, so much. Uh,
3: yes. And I loved it because we didn't know a lot about Han Solo until you wrote about him. So exactly. at least yep. that's how I felt. And I'm, I am I am mm-hmm. Star Wars fan 10 times over the universe. Yeah. I, I remember I went and I watched the original Star Wars film 10 times in the movie theater
4: mm-hmm.
3: when it came out. <laughs> so, and I think I know it by heart. I think I could just go along with those script. And I also uh, did not know that Escape Pod accepted reprints. And I think that is a unique thing. Because a lot of uh, publications, whether they're, you know, audio publications or not, they don't accept reprints from um, authors. Right. uh, Yeah. So I think that's really important. I wanted to um, just thank whoever made that decision.
2: Um, (laughs) (laughs) We used to be more reprint than original, but of course, we also used to pay a flat fee for everything. So because we paid the flat fee for everything, we wouldn't get a lot of original submissions. But now... Some people see us as a market to where they can solidly send their reprints, you know, get paid for more elsewhere and then get a hundred dollars from us for the reprint. So I, and, you know, reprints are great because they help us stay within budget. <laughs> so it works out for everybody.
3: Oh, thank you for coming. And thanks for answering my questions.
2: Certainly.
0: Okay. Next we have Lisa. Hi, Lisa.
2: <clears throat> I wanted to thank you
4: for this interview because I really was not aware Of any of this information, you know, I'm kind of stick to my own guns kind of thing. I'm not into sci-fi. And I just think this is fascinating. So thank you. I'm learning so much and absorbing so much from this. And I just want to say, um, oh, my gosh, it's fantastic. I'm like, wow, wow, wow. (laughs) Um, And and in terms of uh, writing, when you write, I just find to me in the morning when I wake up, it's kind of like this peaceful, quiet, magical moment.
0: And just yeah. my
4: mind is more open and my consciousness is more open and things just flow. And I know everybody's different. Some people get that 11 at night, like you said, but um, that magic time, it's like a sweet spot I agree with in the, in the morning for me. And thank you for this call.
2: It's like really enlightening and I'm learning so much. I'm really glad. Yay, fellow morning writer. I'm really glad it's been helpful.
4: Yes. Thank you. Give me some stuff to look into and research. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: hmm. Next, we have Anne Harrison. Hey, Mer. Hey, everybody. Well, I haven't been on your Twitch every time, but I have, I have come on your Twitch streams before.
2: Oh, and you just sent me the email about I did, uh, your I poetry. Did. Yes, I and did. I didn't think you were in chat because I thought I, I recognized the, the sound of tone of the email. I'm like, that's Anne from the Twitch. Is she here? But you weren't there, but we did clap for you. You got the yay button and everything was great.
0: Thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Okay, next we have Carol. Hi, Carol. Thank you. How interesting.
5: I'm not a sci-fi reader, but I love Star Wars, so I Mm love hearing um, about the novel, et cetera. um, I will go and find that for sure. But I'm really interested, always interested in, in the writing process that we go through, each of us, whether we're poets as I am or writers do you start out and you have a project or do you have something in mind that you know, Oh, I've got to work on that. I know for me it stews around in my mind and then I'd better run and sit down and write because it's coming, spilling out. But what is your kind of process with a timer? How do you do it? (laughs) You know, that way.
2: Well, first the, the first question about this actual story process is ideally I've got I've always got some ideas just kind of banging around in the back of my head. And every once in a while, I wonder if I have enough to write down and then think no, and then it'll go back. But since becoming more professional and dealing with editors more, I've had to learn how to write outlines because they want to buy a book on an outline Mm -hmm. because it saves them time and me time because so I don't write a whole book that they don't like. So if they just see the outline, they can think, okay, yeah, go ahead and do this one. I'm learning to try to write from those. It's, it's a challenge for me because I am a discovery writer. I don't know how or why, but the best ideas come to me when I'm in the middle of a scene. Like I'm writing a scene and thinking about what happens next and then something amazing will bloom in my mind. And I'll be like, I could never have thought this when I was outlining, but I have to learn how to outline. So I'm working on that. I have to force the ideas a little bit faster now because sometimes... Editors won't like my outline or what I turned in and require a hefty rewrite. And that is when the whole deadline wanting to get paid comes into account. So I've had to learn how to outline more quickly or learn how to throw ideas around. But, you know, I, it's, it's one of those very irritating things where if I have a story that I'm really, really in love with and I think about a lot and I know exactly where it's going, A lot of times people don't like those. And then when there's another one, oh God, I got to write something. And so I just scribble something off. Those are taken better. And I don't know why and how I can actually leverage this, but that's kind of how my brain goes. So I like to write in the morning before I do anything, because if I start doing something, either waste of time, like gaming or like something domestic, that will kind of push me in that direction. And I'll just keep doing that kind of stuff. But if I get my coffee and sit down and write, then that's what I'm doing. I do like the Pomodoro method, you know, 25 minutes of work and then five minutes off. And then every fourth Pomodoro, you get a, a 15 minute break. I'm not able to stick to it as well. I find breaks very difficult because I really get into the hyper focus of writing. And I'm afraid if I get up, something will distract me and I won't be able to get my momentum back. Although I do understand that's not a healthy way to write and that can lead to burnout. So I'm trying to figure out how to balance that. I think the biggest thing that I found that helps me is accountability buddies. I have a couple of friends who are writers and sometimes we'll get together on Zoom or meet or whatever and say, let's just sit there and write. And we can see each other working and stuff. And you know, you want to be working because you don't want to be the one person on the Zoom call who's... Picked up the gaming device, and I have another group of people who do a variety of creative things. They're not all writers, but we get to we get together on a Zoom call every so often and do the same thing. Just we'll ask what each other's working on, and then we'll mute and work for you know half an hour to an hour or something. So the accountability buddies stronger than I thought they would be.
5: Thank you for that because that's the accountability piece. Um, I didn't really like to admit that I that I needed that kind of I that Self-motivated. That's me, right? Uh-uh. I need someone else to, uh, to be accountable in a lot of areas of my life. And thank you. Yeah, that's Certainly. absolutely uh-huh. true.
0: Merg, can you tell our audience again how they can find you, uh, your presence online, your podcast, your books? Sure. My website is at
2: merverse.com M-U-R-V-E-R-S-E and on Twitter, it's Mighty Murr. On twitch.tv, it's Mighty Murr. As, as Ann knows, I stream my podcast, I Should Be Writing, live Tuesdays and Thursdays, three o'clock uh, Eastern Time. If you don't want to or can't see it live, you can subscribe to the podcast and get the audio edits later. But yeah, if, and you know, I've got a very Googleable name. It's uh, not, you're not going to find a lot of other Mer Lafferty's out there. So if you forget everything, just hold on to the name and put that in your search engine, and you should find all my stuff.
0: Thank you so much. We're so glad that, that you've been with us. This has just been so wonderful. Before I turn it back over to Kathy, I want to tell everybody that our prompt for next week is 75 words. We're going to use the words bandana, cat, pumpkin and candy corn and mine's already written so <laughs> it'll be up online real soon it'll give you a chuckle thank you so much again Murr. we appreciate you and kathy would you finish up Thanks.
1: sure thank you thank you mer thank you cheryl this has been amazing i really appreciate it we went into some new territory and thank you for everybody that participated don't miss next friday 1 p.m we're having our coming character event, and it's going to be an opportunity to portray in character and voice one of your favorite characters from either your writing or a book or a movie. And we can engage together. You can read a piece from that character's life, or we can ask questions. We can try to guess who you are. We want to have fun with this and hear what you sound like. So think about your favorite books, and your favorite characters. And maybe it's one that you've written yourself. We want to see what happens and have a lot of fun with this as well. Thank you, everybody, for a wonderful episode. This has been very exciting to be with Merle Lafferty today. I think you can hear I was kind of starstruck and tongue-tied a bit there, that it's so much fun to be able to share her experience and insight with all of you, my friends, on Writing Works Wonders. Be sure to visit writingworkswonders.com for the show notes for this episode and other episodes, resources, and bonus content. You will also find many opportunities to write and participate in Writing Works Wonders events. All opportunities to participate in our Zoom calls, contests, writing prompts, and open mic events are available through our Contact Us page. Click Contact Us on the website. We also have a donate button, which provides several ways for you to support our show. We are fortunate that all of our staff volunteer their time and skills, but we still have technical expenses to pay to offer this show to you. We do not receive any compensation for our work for this show. So thank you for all of you who have donated in the past and will in the future. You may contact Cheryl and Kathy through the Contact Us page or email us at writingworkspodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And we also have a telephone number. Above all else, we want you to be encouraged, inspired, and enjoy the wonders of writing.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Writing Works Wonders, Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. Now tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. We also have a donate button and that's to help with the expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this show and podcast going. There's a link there that you can tap on that will take you directly to our website at www.writingworkswonders.com. There you will find all the information we talked about today along with show notes and so much more. We want you to feel encouraged and inspired to know the wonder of writing. And until next time our friends... Keep on writing. Opinions expressed on ACB radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.